Welcome to the latest podcast for the newest episode of KSAT Explains. It is all about hail. This episode, not the forecast. It seems like the forecast has been that in the last couple of weeks uh, in San Antonio with all the spring storms that we have seen. And we know hail is so often associated with that. So we wanted to take some time to explain the science behind these storms. Why hail? What is hail? How does it form? You can find all of those answers uh, in this latest episode. In this podcast, we have myself, Myra Arthur, host of the show, Lexi Salazar, producer of KSAT Explains, and meteorologist Katie Blake, one of our weather experts, part of this episode to answer all of our burning hail questions. So (laughs) um, where do we start? I mean, what we got kicking things off for this episode We wanted to just talk about why San Antonio seems to have so much hail. This time of year, it seems like (laughs) if there's a chance of storms, well, we might as well prepare for hail. Why is that, Katie? Yeah, it it definitely is one of the things that when we think about severe weather in the San Antonio area, South Central Texas, uh, we always say one of our big concerns is flooding here because it is flash flooding specifically, um, especially as you get up into the hill country. But yeah, hail is something that really sticks out to people, I think, and it makes our, our viewers and our population here really, really wary and, um, And I've really come to notice that in the past couple of years, I've been here for four years. um, And I know just before I arrived, Sarah Spivey as well, we had, there was a big hail storm. And in the past couple of years, we've had some big ones and it's been interesting to see people's reaction to hail. And it's taught us a lot about how people perceive severe weather um, and the threat of hail specifically. So uh, a big reason why we see so many hail storms here, and, and I'm really talking specifically about the types of hail storms that feature the big damaging hailstones. So Sarah Spivey gets into this in, in the episode of, of what size of hail is considered severe. Um, but in order to get these hailstones that, that we see around South Texas and San Antonio, the kind that are approaching the size of baseballs, even softball size hail, that that's going to do a, a lot of damage. And, and those types of hailstorms typically are born out of supercell thunderstorms. And I touch on this in the episode as well, a supercell thunderstorm and the structure that it has to be able to support these huge pieces of ice. And there are, there are hundreds, if not thousands of these hailstones in these supercell storms. So we typically see supercell thunderstorms off the West Texas dry line. Sarah mentions this feature in the episode and uh, it can have an impact on our weather, especially during our severe weather seasons, both in the spring and in the fall. So the dry line is basically just a divider of two different types of air masses. We've got on the east side of the dry line where San Antonio resides most of the time, we've got uh, more humid air. So air with higher moisture content. So that's when it feels really muggy and gross outside, fairly typical for South Texas in the spring and summer. On the west side of that dry line, the air is extremely dry. We can have um, between that dry and moist side of the dry line, dew points can differ, gosh, 40 plus degrees, which is a, a huge contrast. So it's the contrast 
of those two types of air masses uh, that helps to fuel thunderstorms uh, along that dry line. So typically what you'll see is the dry line out in West Texas. It'll start to progress east during the day. Um, if it's a hot day, that adds extra fuel for these storms. And the, these storms will start out very small, but they'll grow and become very large right along that dry line boundary. And then they'll move east. So if these storms originate off to our west in their eastward movement, just by default, that puts them in, in the KSAT viewing area and can sometimes get them all the way to I-35 in San Antonio. What we saw a couple of weeks ago, it was a, it was a Monday, I believe it was Monday, it was Monday, May 3rd. We had the dry line get very close to San Antonio. It was basically hugging I-35 and bam, at like sometime during the five o'clock hour, Supercell storms popped up on the west side of San Antonio, and sure enough, we had some large hail that did a little bit of damage across, across the city. So it's that dry line feature, the contrast of those air masses that creates instability and fuel for these supercell thunderstorms. And those Katie, super cells, yeah. that's what I was curious about. So you're talking about the differences in the moisture in these two air masses. When mm -hmm. is it when those collide for lack of a better word and then also you mentioned the heat too and I know the other night when I went home right before one of these big storms opened up it was incredibly muggy it was hot and there was not a stitch of air moving which um, you know in my very educated meteorologically speaking <laughs> mind that means storms I don't know why but it just it doesn't seem like it's going to be a good night for weather so it, are those some of the factors that end up creating this these big whopper size hailstones definitely and in for any type of thunderstorm activity we need it to be really unstable outside the atmosphere needs to be unstable and what helps to fuel that is very warm and very moist or muggy air so yeah, when it's really still out and you walk out and you can just feel the, you can just feel the humidity kind of weighing down on you. Yeah. That would be a, a day that we would consider the atmosphere really, uh, really unstable. Um, and that, that is fuel for these thunderstorms. A few other things need to be in play for us to see really large hail. And these are really specific atmospheric parameters that vary sometimes from day to day. Um, there's, uh, there's something called shear, which is the way that the wind, um, it's the measure of the way wind turns, uh, the speed in which wind turns through the atmosphere. So from the ground up to a certain point in the atmosphere, how fast that wind is turning and how much it's able to turn. If we have a lot of that shear present, that will also help to support um, supercell thunderstorm activity. And then that ups our potential for those supercells uh, to produce some of those really large hailstones. There's something that we also look at called uh, lapse rates, um, which the, the higher or more significant those lapse rates are, that, uh, that will help us to produce some, some big time hail as well. So we're looking at multiple parameters on any given day, uh, but basically if you've got a good setup to produce a supercell, you can bet that you're gonna have that, you're gonna have that big time hail. And I, you talked about that dry line moving in and even getting as close as I-35 in some cases. Since it's moving in from the West, mm -hmm. uh, is that typically why it seems anyway, I'm not looking at any weather stats, but it seems in some of these big hailstorms we've had 
in the past couple of weeks. And even the one you were talking about, the huge one that happened several years ago, it was the northwest side of our area that just got slammed. Would that be why that part of town or that part of our viewing area tends to see the biggest tail? Definitely. It's it's very hard for the dry line to get east of I-35. I don't work, I don't think that I've seen that happen. So it typically comes in, it moves through places like Del Rio and Eagle Pass, and then it parks itself somewhere between Del Rio and San Antonio. Um, so it. yeah, that would have something that would have something to uh, that would have something to do with it for sure. There are a ton of hail questions that we could sit here and talk about, but we, <laughs> you know, we did dedicate an entire episode of our show to this. So, um, Lexi, what were some of your, you know, biggest hail questions or, I mean, what, what got you curious about this episode? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, y'all covered a lot of it. I had questions about the, <laughs> sorry, I like, I, I could just, I, and I don't, I think I mentioned this in the episode. When I learned about this in college, specifically this the processes that help that hail forms through it, like it was one of the I don't want this to come up. Like it was one of the few things that like really clicked for me. I yeah. was like, oh, <laughs> fantastic! Like other things have clicked as well, obviously. But it's one of those moments. I was sitting there in class, and I kind of like sat back, and I was like, this makes perfect sense. Like it just really, it just really uh, resonated with me. So I really enjoy talking about it. So we could be here for a long time. So I'll, yeah. I'll well, it, that's actually what I was going to say is that, you know, you, first of all, a lot of information in a very short amount of time. So that's awesome. But I always love watching these episodes because I learned so much, you know, I've lived in San Antonio my whole life, but I knew like, honestly, embarrassingly little about hail formation or you know why hail formed or anything like that but you clearly are like so passionate about this topic and you know you made the caveat but you wrote a newsletter for the show um and you said of course like there's the damage and the danger and that stuff is not fun but this is something that you get really excited talking about so I kind of just wanted to ask you what it is about hail that I guess um makes you excited what why do you like talking about this so much yeah, I, I definitely don't love the fact that when it makes it to the ground, it can bust through roofs and cars. I don't, I don't love that. Um, but to me, it's just amazing how um, I think it, it's similar to, to the supercell thunderstorms that produce this massive hail. They start off as just uh, these supercell thunderstorms start off as just a little parcel of air bouncing around. And, and if it can be hot and humid enough, they can start to grow and then they grow into these massive, massive storms that are miles across. Uh, and it's within those storms that we start to uh, have this hail be produced in the same way hail starts as these little super cooled water droplets uh, that, that get tossed up to the top of the storm. And because these storms are so tall, in a lot of cases, they're over 40,000 feet tall. When those little super cooled water droplets get up there, they freeze. And that's the beginning of our hailstone. And then they go on this journey. They'll get tossed up and down that storm however many times until they get too heavy that the, the storm can't support it and they fall down to the ground. So I think to me, it's just a, amazing that the, the process, it, it starts as essentially nothing. Um, and, and through all these different meteorological processes, we, we get these big chunks of ice that, that fall down to, to the ground. And um, Adam Kasky, a fellow meteorologist, when he talks about winter weather, he always says that uh, 
ice. So when we have icing on our roadways, that that's the great equalizer. And I think that you can say the same thing about hail because with hail, you can't really, can't really get away from it. Um, it's, if it's going to fall, it's going to fall and there's nothing really you, you, you can do about it. Um, so it, it's just fascinating to me, the process in which it forms. And, uh, I know people are, are afraid of it and for, for good reason, but we hope through this episode by learning more about it, uh, maybe that will take some of the anxiety and fear out of it and help people be better prepared. Yeah. And I, I do agree with what you're saying. I've heard Kasky say that about ice, you know, it, it puts everybody in the same situation. And I yeah. feel like you're right. Hail is, uh, that is our version of that here in South Texas. And I, I feel like everyone here understands what it's like to have the threat of hail and to deal with that and to deal with the damage. And I don't know about you guys, but every night that, or every day, one of these storms comes and goes and my house and my car are spared. I just breathe a sigh of relief, mm -hmm. but I know that somebody else in our area wasn't so lucky. We see those pictures you know, with the baseball size hail out of Hondo a couple weeks ago. And yeah, it's like you said, it's going to fall where it's going to fall. And I'll never forget one of our photographers walking into the newsroom and putting a piece of my car on my desk a couple of years ago during, um, during a hailstorm. So we've uh. all been there and it's going to happen again. But Yes, you're exactly right, Katie. That was the entire point of this episode to just explain why it happens. Not a ton we can do about it, but at least um, we'll know why after you and Sarah share all of your knowledge with us. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Absolutely. We were happy to do it. And Sarah is enjoying it. She would definitely be on here. She 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 loves her hail too. We, we nerd out about it all the time. Um, she's enjoying a well-deserved warm warm vacation somewhere where it's not hailing. So um, she did, <laughs> she did a great job. She, um, I'll give her a shout out. She went back and, and plotted like by hand, uh, a big hail storm event from a couple years ago. And so she had to put all that in the computer herself and draw all these little polygons. It took her forever, but it was really cool. And that's, that's a great part of the episode. So I'm excited for people to see it. Awesome. I'm Myra Arthur on behalf of meteorologist Katie Blake and Lexi Salazar. Thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast for this hail episode. Go check it out. Answer some of the big burning hail questions that you have and stay safe next time Katie's on the air telling you to do so. <laughs> Listen to Katie. That's the moral of the episode. <laughs> Thanks for joining us.